the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, besides the Ohio State Fair being open, uh, we have another instance of a uh, mysterious collapse by a uh, young person of note. It was LeBron James, well, Bronny James, LeBron James Jr. He goes by Bronny. On uh, Monday morning at a USC basketball workout, uh, turns out he was not the first in the L.A. area. Tori Kelly, a phenomenal singer, uh, collapsed on Sunday night and was rushed to the hospital, treated for blood clots. Uh, I will not bend to the uh, fear that the left tries to hurl at you for asking the question, Am I the only one who thinks this happens an awful lot now with famous people, with young people, in the aftermath of the COVID vaccines that we know caused an escalation of myocarditis in young people? Am I the only one? I'm not the only one. Uh, Even Elon Musk asked it the other day. And this was before we knew about Tori Kelly. So uh, hopefully she's okay. I know... I know one person who died, a mom of hmm, I think six or seven kids, um, maybe in her early 40s. I have another friend of one of my daughters who's in college right now. She has massive blood clots. Had to be vaccinated. The school she was attending wouldn't let her study the field of study she had uh, chosen unless she was vaccinated. Now, blood clots. So, Anthony Fauci, the gift that keeps on giving. Now, I must apologize to you because I pride myself on leading with the most important item on the show. And I started talking about Hunter Biden's plea deal in the Delaware court. And then I made my way to issue one in the debate last night. Uh, It turns out uh, something happened yesterday that um, I would think would be worldwide news. It was announced by no less than... The president of the United States, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, did you know that this happened yesterday? Uh, cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why. And we can. We end cancer as we know it. We ended cancer as we know it, he said yesterday. They looked at him like he was crazy, he said. Why? Why are they looking at you like you're crazy? Because we ended cancer. Almost got it out without laughing. We ended cancer as we know it. This would seem to me like big news. But it just went unnoticed. Which shows either Joe Biden is a moron or that no one believes a word the man says. Which would be a good time for me to remind you that I often say two things can be true at once. Now, While Hunter Biden is in court this morning and we await whether or not the judge is going to observe the sweetheart plea deal that he was given or uh, delay it 
say, ah, I want to do a little bit more consideration on this or just toss it out and go, mm, this is garbage. I watch the whistleblowers. In front of House Oversight today is uh, Border Czar, officially he is Homeland Security Director, uh, Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, here he is being questioned by uh, California Congressman Daryl Issa. Uh, and then there's an interruption from uh, Democrat squad member Pramila Jaipal. By, de- by definition, Mr. Secretary, if you're on the terrorist watch list, you represent a threat. So 140 people on the terrorist watch list so far this year. For the record, would you please give us the status of each of those individuals so we know what you did with people who were on a terrorist watch list, who were apprehended, many got away, but were apprehended, where they are today so that Congress can know. Congressman, I would be pleased to provide you with that information with respect to the individuals encountered at the southwest border. Thank you. I yield back. Gentleman yields back, but could the secretary answer that question? What, what is the status of those 140? Uh, Mr. What, Chairman, I, I Mr. Chairman, what is the what, point of order? What authority or point of order? Gentleman, uh, state of point of order. Mr. Chairman, under what authority are you speaking right now? Whose time? Just, Whose time is it? Are you being recognized for five minutes? I was just asking what I thought would be a question Mr. every Chairman, single member not, of Congress it's, it's, would want to know. You know I, I'll do it on my time or someone other's time. Thank you. If, I appreciate point, that. Point of, Thank point you. Of, he, he had asked the question, and there wasn't an answer to the status of the 140. Mr. Chairman, that he did. The, the witness provided an answer, and if you want to use think your he did, five but I'll, minutes, I'll do it on my time. Great. That's fine. Thank we you. recognize the gentleman from California. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Unbelievable. Like, what are you more interested in, Pramila Jayapal? Robert's Rules of Order, or finding out where the 140 people on the terror watch list who've been apprehended at the southern border, finding out where they are? Oh. Robert's rules of order must be observed at all times. Wow. They just don't care about the things that normal everyday Americans care about. They don't care. The Democrats don't care. What is, whether we're talking about the border, whether we're talking about the economy, whether we're talking about whether domestic energy production has gone down or gone up and why it's gone down or gone up and gas prices and inflation and price of eggs and the price of beef and taking your gas stove away and taking your water heater away and Hunter Biden's plea deal and the feckless withdrawal from Afghanistan and the ongoing aid to Ukraine, whatever we are talking about, what remains the number one priority of the Democratic Party? Protecting Joe Biden and the power they have. You can tell it from the questions they don't ask. You can tell it from the objections that they offer in the midst of important testimony in Congress. There is nothing more important to them, not the Constitution of the United States, not pride in our country, not freedom, not liberty, not principles like equal protection under the law, not separation of powers, not three co-equal branches of government. There is not one thing they care about that cannot be compromised and they're not willing to sacrifice if it will preserve the power they have in the office of the presidency. And that tells you something, doesn't it? Shouldn't it? About what can get done with the power of the presidency behind a political party's policies. Which brings me to, what are we doing? In the search for the nominee the Republican Party will put forward in 2024. 
I've said this before, maybe it'll land and register this time. Would you allow the opponent your favorite team is playing to make out the lineup for your team? Would you allow Jim Harbaugh, once he's done with his four-game suspension, to choose the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes for the Ohio State-Michigan game? No? Really? Would you allow in a game for the World Series between the Cleveland Guardians and the Cincinnati Reds? Now you know we're talking about hypotheticals. Would you allow the Reds manager to pick the Indians starting pitcher in that game or vice versa? No. So are Republicans going to wake up and see that the only candidate that they have who's possibly going to struggle to win the presidential election against the Democratic nominee is the one that right now is far and away in front of the polls. I don't have anything against Donald Trump. I spoke at his rally in Delaware. I liked, I loved his policies, loved his policies. When I got a chance to meet him, I thanked him for doing what he did for veterans because my father was a veteran and veterans should be at the top of the scale in terms of what we do for them. But if you believe that Donald Trump gives you the best chance to win the 2024 presidential election, you are wrong. You are wrong. He does not give you the best chance to win the 2024 presidential election because he can't focus on the 2024 presidential election. He can't focus. He released an ad the other day, and I saw it. And I had people remarking about, oh, it's a great ad, the deep state, the deep state, this, that, the other. He brings up this, that, the other. The whole, it was like a minute and a half long. The first 45 to 60 seconds of the ad, were they about, Crime in the streets? Were they about gas prices going up? Were they about mortgage rates more than doubling since Biden? No. It was about the 2020 election being stolen from. If you want to win the presidency, you have to talk about things people care about. You ever been in a room where a person is obsessed with a topic and you're like, okay, can we change this up? A new topic? Can we move on? I'm not really interested in that. We covered it all. Past time for that to matter. If Donald Trump could show me that he could stay focused and targeted, I'd vote. I'd be happy to vote for him, but he's never done that. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, your uh, lying White House press secretary, uh, was back at the podium yesterday uh, crowing about the success of Bidenomics. Ooh, the Bidenomics. Really, really killing it. For your average, ordinary American. And she's backed up by uh, Jared Bernstein. He's uh, on the President's Economic Council. Uh, Jared Bernstein uh, also singing from the same songbook. Real wages have actually been growing over the past year. They're up 1.2% for all private sector workers, and they're up 1.6% for middle and lower wage workers. It takes a while for people's sentiment to catch up to those new trends, especially given everything they've been through. Hmm, it takes a while for your sentiments to catch up, Jared Bernstein says. Uh, Well, here are the numbers. Wage growth is down 3% over the past year. Uh, Maybe that's why. There's a lag. Jared says you're not feeling it. No, you're not feeling it because it's not there. 56% of respondents say they have cut down on discretionary spending. I'd raise my hand to that. Have we cut discretionary spending? Yep. Can't afford to go out to eat. Hardly at all. Um, Can't remember the last movie I went to. Uh, 32% of respondents have canceled subscriptions in the past year. Hmm. 
Wait, you say, well, Disney Plus, I got rid of that. No, that's that would be a digital service. 23% have reduced their digital services. 80% say inflation is their top concern. Silly people, come on. Jared Bernstein says, he's just waiting for the lag to kick in. And over 50% of the people fear a recession coming. Wow. Jared, you're right. There is a lag in what people are experiencing. Um, I got to be more careful when I talk about Trump when I say he can't win. He can win if there's a huge recession. And if Democrats persist in double standarding their way to keeping Joe Biden in office. I lived through Watergate. I was a little kid then, but I remember vividly the night Nixon announced he was going to resign, and I remember him resigning and leaving. And what I remember is that both parties were of a mind that, you know, when you got a president who's done these kinds of things, he can't be president anymore. And there were just the threat, just the threat of an impeachment was enough to make Nixon resign. He wasn't impeached. Now Clinton's been impeached, Trump's been impeached twice, and Biden may be headed for an impeachment inquiry as well. Here's Kevin McCarthy talking about uh, what he knows, and given all that he knows, i got to find it here because I also have some Andy McCarthy cuts, and I don't want to play you Andy McCarthy while looking for Kevin McCarthy, but what essentially what Kevin McCarthy uh, said the other day was, you know, here he is. Listen up to this uh, scrum in the House of Representatives. What do you say to the moderates in your party who say you continue to side and appease the right wing on many issues, including such as what? On talking about an impeachment inquiry, President Biden. Right now, you have a president who told you and every other American that he's never talked to as a family about business and they never got one dollar from China. You now know that's not true. Having all this information, should I ignore it? No. Uh, Until you said no, they were probably ready to scream yes. You should ignore it. The oddity, though, of the Biden impeachment proceedings would be, of course, that the House would be voting to impeach him for doing exactly what they impeached Donald Trump for, the second impeachment, right? The second impeachment of Trump, the first was because Trump was a a Russian agent, and then they did the Mueller investigation, and they're like, oh, wait, he wasn't. But here's Nancy Pelosi. Yes, she's still alive, talking about why Trump was impeached for Ukraine. The president was impeached because we had no choice. He had undermined our national security, jeopardized uh, our um, uh, well-being of our country. Uh, I was very careful about bringing any impeachment forward. Uh, But when the president made that phone call in terms of Ukraine, there was no choice. We had no choice. He must be impeached. Well, the phone call to Ukraine was where Trump said, hey, why don't you investigate the Bidens for possibly being involved in all the corruption in Ukraine. Now we know the Bidens are involved in all the corruption in Ukraine. One of Hunter Biden's business partners, Devin Archer, is going to go before a closed House hearing on Monday and testify under oath. And if you're saying, well, that's a game changer, a a business partner of Hunter Biden, he's going to come armed with all kinds of information, maybe even emails and texts and all this. 
then apparently you've forgotten that that's already happened. Not with Devin Archer. It happened with Tony Bobolinsky. It happened with Tony Bobolinsky before the 2020 election, and it made no difference because the mainstream media completely ignored it, like they ignored what was on the Hunter Biden laptop. And so I don't put a lot of stock in Devin Archer's testimony being so different from anything that's come out before that that will throw the switch on the Bidens finally having to pay for their crimes. But here's the thing that it might do. It might be the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back because day after day, witness after witness, there is more and more and more and more. Another brick in the wall of, wow, hmm, that's hard to ignore. Yeah, it's a little funny that Hunter Biden flew to China with Joe on Air Force Two, and Joe never talked to him about his foreign business dealings. But remember when Joe said in the debate, uh, my son's got no money from China, no money. How would you know that unless you'd asked Hunter Biden? Did you get any money from any business interests in China? And if you asked Hunter Biden if he got any money from any business interests in China so that you could go to the debate and say with certainty and out without fear of contradiction he got no money from China, wouldn't that be talking to your son about his foreign business dealings? I, I think it would. <laughs> more and more and more these things are coming up. For instance, Joe Biden was in charge of like cleaning up Ukrainian corruption. Hunter Biden was on the board at Burisma an energy company being investigated for corruption. Is that a conflict of interest? That your son is on the board of a company that's being investigated for corruption and you're the one trying to get rid of corruption in the country? But <laughs> you claim there's no... Uh, nobody's ever said there's a conflict of... Uh, yeah. Now here's what you got to know when you see all these clips being played. You're going to see a lot more clips being played because Biden has hung himself with his own rope, time after time after time after time. Biden has this tactic that he uses to shut down questions that make him uncomfortable. And it is a tactic that works on a lot of people, but it doesn't work on me because I'm very willing to engage in confrontation. But most people aren't. Listen to how he barks at this Axios reporter for daring to ask the question. So you think that everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything done was wrong. You know that, but you keep asking me these questions. It's- yeah, you know, you know, see, you know. Well, he gets angrier in other places. He barked at Savannah Guthrie. He barks at everybody now. But don't be diminished by his anger, because of the anger, it is the anger of a guilty, guilty man. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.